Today we're going to kick off the Christmas season by talking about a message that is for those who might be having a more difficult time in the Christmas season than a lot of people have. I, love, I happen to love the Christmas season. It's the only holiday in, that I can think of where you celebrate the holiday about like the whole month. I love all the songs. I love the music. I love the, the decorations, the pageantry. Uh, this morning, I pulled out a, uh, a link. It was, a, it was this little fastener to the gutter for the Christmas lights because I put them on outside uh, yesterday. And I was just like, hey, Christmas lights are up. It's festive. It's fun. Uh, everywhere you go, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. In fact, we sing a lot of Christian songs for Christmas. Uh, the culture around us sing, sings a lot of songs that aren't necessarily Christian, but they're kind of fun anyway. In 1951, there was a song written by Meredith Wilson called It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. It says, take a look at the five and ten. Anybody know what a five and ten is? Yeah. The old uh, discount retail store. It was way before Walmart. <laughs> it was way before Target. Yeah, it was like your local retail store where everything was local. It was glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow, toys in every store. But the perfect sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. So putting up your own holly is, is always fun to do. And the boys, of course, are hoping for boots or pistols. The girls are hoping for dolls that can talk and go for a walk. Uh, that's what Janice and Jen are hoping for. And then mom and dad, what are they hoping for? Remember that? And mom and dad can hardly wait till school will start again. <laughs> yep, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start and the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. I mean, what a nice uplifting song. I always like it. I loved it when Bing Crosby sang it in 1951 when it first came out. I love it when Perry Como sang it in 1968. I liked it in the 1980s when Johnny Mathis uh, sang it. I liked it in the 90s when this new guy from Sonoma County, Michael Bubbly, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't pronounce it right. That would be a Sonoma County pronunciation. Michael Bublé, when he sang, it's beginning to look, look a lot like Christmas. It's a, it's a fun song, but here's the question for some of us that maybe not be that who maybe are not looking forward to the holidays as much as everybody else is. And that is, what happens when you don't feel like you have a carol that you can sing right within your heart? See, when some of us say Christmas or some of us say the word holiday, here's the question. When, when you think of that, because we're right in the middle of the season now where we, Thanksgiving has passed and now we're looking forward to Christmas in about three weeks and maybe two days, is it? Or three weeks and three days? Uh, is... Uh, what are the words that come to mind? Now, when you were a kid, what words came to mind, right? Okay, first, the thing that I remember as a kid was no school. No school, fun, outside, family, presents, lots of presents, right? Uh, and then overeating. That was something that I was famous for doing during the holidays. Maybe even getting sick because I had too many sweets. Now, as you get older and you think about the word Christmas or the holiday, what are some of the words as you get older that come to mind? Maybe not so much fun, right? What about stress? For all the presents you have to buy that leave you financially broke. What about pressure? All the decorations you have to put up and then take down, right? After, <laughs> seems like right after you put them up. 
anxiety for perhaps all the weight you're gaining, uh, overcommitted, another word that comes to mind. Look at all the events and the parties and the obligations and the Christmas shows and the rehearsals that you have to go to and all the people around you, maybe on the holiday itself, all the people around you that you hang out with that you normally don't hang out with and you don't even really like on a personal level. Uh, maybe another word that comes to mind is sadness. Maybe the Christmas season reminds you of some losses in your life. Maybe this year there will be one less table setting at your table for dinner this year. Maybe sadness for how the holidays just seem to highlight and amplify your own loneliness. See, for some people, happy and holidays don't really seem to go together. That's the time that often brings as much anxiety and loneliness and disappointment as it does joy. There was a lady who confessed, and this was, I was watching a divorce care uh, promotional trailer, and it was talking about surviving the holidays for a lady who had just been divorced, and she was extremely sad and not looking forward to the Christmas season at all. And she said, I wish I could go to sleep the day before Thanksgiving and wake up on January 2nd. Now, granted, uh, that was difficult for her in her certain life stage. You know, a lot of people feel stress and anxiety during the holidays. So here's a question. You know, if that's the way you're feeling, how can you put love and joy and peace back into your holiday season? Because I believe that God doesn't want us just to survive the holidays. He wants us to thrive during the holidays. So here's what I did to begin the message. I go on the internet where all truth is found. And I check seven websites uh, under the heading, How to Survive the Holidays. I went to the first seven websites, How to Survive the Holidays. And I kid you not, most of them had to do with eating, with not getting too much of the wrong foods and eating more of the right foods. And I mean, what's the holidays for anyway? Right? And I'm thinking like, why are you guys majoring on this? Uh, uh, oh, and be sure to hydrate. You know, so don't eat too much, eat some of the right foods, and be sure to hydrate. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you guys are really deep when it comes to surviving the holidays. In fact, and, and you think about it, because Jesus said uh, something about food. He talked about food anyway. He said, it's really, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. I think about that the next piece of fudge I, I throw down. It's not really what goes into your body that defiles you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. I don't think that just, quote, washing, watching your food portions is going to make or break the Christmas season for any of us. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're supposed to be joyous times of family bonding. They're quite uh, often instead two of the most stressful days of the year. And for many of us, they're, they're stressful and they're full of anxiety because we tend to do two things. Number one, we set expectations for ourselves too high for the holidays. We have these expectations that are way up here and nothing, no matter how good the holiday season is, how many great family gatherings we have, nothing can meet those expectations. So there's number one. And then number two, we neglect to establish healthy boundaries when awkward family dynamics come into play, right? So we, we don't uh, establish boundaries of what we're gonna do or not do, what we're gonna put up with or not put up with, what conversations we're gonna have or not have with certain people. I think one of the biggest culprits that can steal your joy and your peace during the holidays is 
exactly this, having overly high expectations. And women, and I don't mean to single you out, but I, I just have to think that women, you more so than us men, you put more pressure on yourselves during the holidays than even men do. You think that you have to decorate, that you have to cook, that you have to prepare, and you have to host, and you have to do it all perfectly. And then you also take on the job of trying to make everybody around you happy as well. And then what ends up happening is you get overwhelmed because there's just not enough of you to go around. And then here's the other dynamic that's the reality in our world today. Our families are more spread out than ever. We also have more blended families. And, and the in-laws now, uh, with more blended families and more extended family members, that just brings more people around. And it's even more challenging to have everyone and everything together and just right. Here's, here's the ideal that I think a lot of us have in our head. Like when we think of the holidays and what's going to make them go right, we want to celebrate, we want, we want to celebrate with everybody on the holiday itself. And when we celebrate on the holiday itself, we want to have all the members of our family gathered together there. And on that day, the holiday where everybody's gathered together, we want everybody to be happy. Just be happy, right? Reminds me of that scene from Christmas Vacation where Clark Griswold played by Chevy Chase. And I, got a, I have a slide to show you there. Do you remember that scene where everybody's gathered around the table in Christmas Vacation? And uh, he'd ask somebody else to bake the turkey, and they've got all kinds of in-laws and crazy people around the table, and the cat's over there about to bite into the Christmas lights and start a fire for the Christmas tree. And the big dog that Cousin Eddie had brought is, is having some kind of movement under the table. <laughs> and on top of the table, Clark Griswold is trying to have this wonderful family event, and he asks his his aunt Grace, or, or forgot what her name was, but she was 80 years old, and she said, and he asked her if she would say Grace, and she says, Grace, Grace, didn't she die years ago? And then he asked her to say Grace, and instead of saying a, a blessing and a prayer, she ends up saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and Cousin Eddie stands up, and they finish in saying, in liberty and justice for all, and everybody says, amen. And they, and, and they just sat down to celebrate Christmas. And then Chevy Chase cuts into the turkey and it's completely dry and it's basically full of air and it just and it just collapses and it was sad i mean but clark spent the whole movie trying to make everybody happy uh for christmas and it was just impossible it reminds me you know trying to have this perfect holiday it reminds me of what an engineer told somebody about a building project this is what he said he said well here's the way you can have it you can have it better or you can have it cheaper, or you can have it faster. Now pick two, right? Now what did he mean by that, by saying pick two? Because you're not gonna get all three. You're likely to get better and cheaper and faster in a building project is nearly impossible. So here's a reminder, here's our first reminder for those who are thinking like, how are we gonna make everybody else happy? And the stress and the anxiety that that produces in our family dynamic. Here's the reminder. Number one, and this is true, you are the only person you can control. Do you realize that? That you can't control other people. You can persuade them. You can influence them. You can be an example for them. You can be a good model for them, but you cannot control them. Anybody except yourself. 
And a lot of people have a disappointing Christmas season because they set their expectations for that holiday too high. You try to make everybody happy, you, and you can't. You forget to take care of yourself. You stay up too late. You don't drink enough water. I, I don't know what, I guess the theme of the message is hydrate, right, for, for the Christmas season. At least that's what the websites say. Uh, and I mean hydrate with water, not hydrate with some other beverages, right? They get, tend to get overdone as stress and anxiety go up during the holidays. So they, they, you stay up too late. You don't drink enough water. You don't get enough exercise. And then you wonder why you turned into the Grinch around December 15th. It's because temporarily you've lost your peace and joy and you've lost your perspective. Now, how are you going to get your peace back during the, the anxiety of the holidays? Isaiah the prophet wrote this. He said, you will keep, talking you to God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Where is that perfect peace going to be found? Not just for anybody. The perfect peace is going to be found for those people who learn to trust in God, for people who keep their thoughts and their focus on God. And so the first question for you for the holidays is, is to keep asking yourself, where are your thoughts fixed? Where are your thoughts fixed? Where is your focus this holiday season? Because that's going to be the difference, I think, ultimately, between joy for you or disappointment this holiday season. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. You know, I'm a person who loves peace. I, I think blessed are the peacemakers is one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. So I figured I got to do everything I can to keep uh, the family in peace. And for me, that means that when we get into holidays and you get around blended families and extended family members who have worldviews that are way different from mine, I just know going into those days, I said, there are going to be some things that I am not going to talk about. There are going to be some things that are off limits. What happens when a certain family member or invited guest, uh, somebody spouts off their opinion about everything, something that you could not disagree with more? What should you do then? Uh, start World War III? No, I don't think that's the answer to it. Uh, I, I think we're going to keep in perfect peace sometimes by learning when not to talk about certain things. You know, it was Francis of Assisi who said this. He said this, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Now, how do you do that? How do you seek to understand before you understood? When somebody spouts off one of those opinions and you just go, wow. Like, this is the opposite of what I believe uh, in a conversation. Maybe uh, if to seek to understand, maybe the way you could get in, into a conversation is start asking them questions. Ask them to clarify what they mean by what they say. And as they're clarifying it, maybe you can try to find some common ground with somebody who has a differing opinion. For example, here's, here's a great line you can use. You can say, you know, we all want to see a better America we all want to see a more caring society, don't we? And I don't know who would disagree with that. So there are ways to, to mitigate that, that issue during the holiday itself. Now, question, how can you celebrate in a way that you won't be disappointed? How can you celebrate the holidays in a way you won't be disappointed? Let me first define the word disappointment. Disappointment is the feeling of sadness or displeasure that's caused by a defeat of one's hopes or expectations. So how do you get disappointed? 
you get your hopes up to here, you use, instead of reality, you push your hopes into the fantasy world of everything has to be perfect, everybody's got to be gathered on the same day, we all have to get along, we all have to play the games we used to play, uh, everybody's got to have a great attitude, everybody sticks in, there's nobody who goes off, you know, all the introverts in the family, they're going to need some time by themselves, but, you know, you being the, expert, the extrovert, you try to gather everybody together all the time, and you put your expectations way up here, and you can't help but set yourself up for disappointment. So the idea is don't set yourself up for disappointment. Um, in reality, when you see that your expectations aren't met, it can leave you frustrated, it can leave you hurt, and even bitter during the holidays. Um, you look around, sometimes you see the videos, sometimes you see a Christmas special, and they always show, they always show this perfect scene. There's, a, there's a, a snow softly falling outside. There's a, a scene where the family is gathered, and they're neatly wrapped presents under a perfect Christmas tree, and the family's laughing and smiling. And maybe there's a piano playing, and somebody in the family's a piano player, and you're all gathered around singing Christmas carols, and everybody has a beautiful voice. Those perfect pictures, unfortunately, can leave each one of us focusing on what is missing in our lives. What we're focusing on the wrong things, and those unrealistic expectations distort our view, distort our attitude or the real reasons why we should be celebrating Christmas in the first place. Look what Isaiah uh, says later on in Isaiah chapter 49. He says, then you will know that I am the Lord and that those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. And so one of the questions is, what are you putting your hope in? Are you putting your hope in this perfect scenario with these unrealistic expectations of what the holiday is going to be? Or are you putting your hope in the Lord and the way he can take care of things? Talk to the Lord about your feelings, you know, whether sadness or loneliness or disappointment might be filling your heart in that time. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. It says, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Sometimes you look for somebody to talk to because one person said during the holidays, especially during a time of loneliness, she said this, I learned that others are struggling too. And just learning that I'm not alone made things better. To know that others are struggling too. One serious question that if you answer it and follow it, you might have a much better Christmas season than what you could have otherwise. And here's the question. This came out, I, I was listening to Focus on the Family and two women were uh, being interviewed by Jim Daly and they were talking about setting yourself up for success during the holidays. And it says, uh, the question that they ask, he says, look, try to realistically uh, answer this question. He says, what is going to be important to you this Christmas season? What's gonna be important to you that is actually doable? In other words, not the fantasy expectation that's up here that it can only lead to disappointment. What can you do this Christmas season that's important to you that is actually doable? What could happen during a gathering or a dinner or a breakfast? You know, our family, you know, the way we were all in the ministry, uh, we had a hard time getting together on Christmas Eve at all. So we would get together the morning of Christmas Eve and my mom would make eggs Benedict for everybody. And that's the way we celebrated Christmas. And we look forward to that. So somebody said, I want to meet you early in the morning on December 24th. And I'd say, sorry, I can't do it because we have a family gathering. 
What is important to you that is actually doable so that you, at least during this Christmas season, if, if everything else goes bad or doesn't go according to schedule, you can at least say that this important thing happened and then you will not likely be disappointed. So disappointment is a big part of overcoming during the holiday season. There's another feeling that, that comes up in the holiday season that's probably worse, I think, than disappointment, and that is just plain loneliness. Loneliness can be defined as this, affected with or characterized by a depressing feeling of being alone, right? Alone is where loneliness comes from, lonesome, and not, not just alone, because I know there's a lot of introverts out there, or a lot of extroverts, even us extroverts still need time alone right? There are times, in fact, the ladies said during the, the talk, they said, you got to recognize that you have certain family members that after about an hour or two to gather together around the family, they're inside, they're wigging out. And they're just like, I got to get away. I got to get some time myself. And give them the freedom to do that. Just know who they are and, and give people the grace to do that. Um, that feeling of loneliness, the depressing feeling of being alone or lonesome, destitute of sympathetic or friendly companionship or support. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that because uh, the gathering together of God's people, this is the Jesus gathering right here in Sebastopol every Sunday morning when we gather for worship. We gather to learn from God and his teaching in the scriptures. We gather to encourage one another as long as it's called today. That's why we gather. There's so much that happens together when we gather that help address people that have feelings of loneliness or that are alone. Look what it says in Psalm 34. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit right? That God says, when you are brokenhearted, when you're feeling lonely, when you are feeling disappointed, that that's when the Lord comes near and he is ready to save. He's ready to deliver you when you are crushed in spirit. He says, come to you, fix your thoughts on him. Those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Do you see the common theme here? God's saying, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling disappointed, when you're feeling like your expectations are not being met, Turn to the Lord because he's always there for you. Everybody else could let you down, but God says he will never let you down. There's a lady that was struggling in a music video. Her name is Avril Lavigne, and she wrote a song addressed to God during a time of brokenhearted and loneliness. And I want you to see this video, this brief video clip. So please turn your attention to the screen. I've got to keep the calm before. I don't want more Must bar the windows and the doors To keep me safe, to keep me warm Yeah, my life is what I'm fighting for Can't part the sea, can't reach the shore
point that I was trying to, to get at by showing you the video is the feeling that some people have, uh, whether during the holiday season or at a desperate time in their life. And they're saying, God, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm getting under the undertow. And the beauty of that song was at least in a desperate time of her life, she knew who to turn to. And she turned to God. And that's why that scripture is so true. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Whether it's disappointment or whether it's loneliness, whatever desperate time that there is, God says that he's going to be there for you. I think that during the holiday season, we should look around. Those of us who are in a good place, uh, we should look around and we should be extra sensitive to those who are lonely or those who are disappointed, or those who feel like the holiday joy is passing them by. And we should try to build some bridges. We should try to connect with the people who need a friend most. Let's reach out to them. Let's talk to them. And that, you know what that requires? It, it makes us get out of our own comfort zone for the good of somebody else. You know what somebody told me yesterday? He says, you know, whenever I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling down, one thing I try to do besides go to God in prayer is I try to find somebody else who's down and I try to cheer them up. I try to help them out. And when I do that, I find that I myself start feeling a lot better too. God didn't leave us alone, by the way. In our loneliness where we feel alone or we may feel isolated, there's nobody out there that really cares about us. This holiday season, it, it may not look all that fun and you may not be anticipating good times because of loneliness. I want, I want you to say this. If you are in a church community like Sebastopol Christian Church, you have another family other than your immediate family. You have family who love you and care for you just because you're here, because you're a human being made in God's image, because you are a follower of Christ as we are. And God Design that for the church. He put us together into a family. He, God says the church community is one of the antidotes to loneliness. Look what it says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So when God was reconciling us to himself by sending Jesus, having him become our savior, giving his life for us, for our sins, he reconciles us to himself and he places us into God's family. And it gives God great pleasure to adopt us into God's family. So 
It's good to be among God's people. It's good to gather together for worship on Sunday morning. It's good to gather midweek together in a life group because we all need to encourage one another as long as it is called today. We need that daily encouragement from God and from the body of Christ, the church. Another scripture in Ephesians is this. So now you Gentiles, or anybody who's not Jewish by birth, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And here's what I'd say to you if you're feeling lonely during the holiday season. If you don't have a family that you can turn to by blood, you still have a family right here, a family that's not by physical blood, but a family that is connected even deeper by common faith in Jesus Christ. You are members of God's family, and you do not have to be alone. So let's recap. How do you survive the holidays? <laughs> Easier said than done, right? How do you help your kids, or how do you help your grandkids? How do you help your family have a better holiday experience? How can you discover hope for your future and not disappointment? How can you put love and joy back into your Christmas season? How can it, how can it come back? First of all, and we've said this before, number one, this is fill in their blanks if you have your bulletin. Number one for how to survive the holidays, how not to have a blue Christmas. Uh, you don't have to join Elvis on, on uh, Lonely Hearts Hotel. First of all, don't set your expectations too high. Have a prayer that is something like this, and this is how you can mitigate it. It says, Lord, help me not to have a picture in my mind of how this Christmas season has to be perfect in order for me to be happy. Help me to enjoy the moments with and the company of the people that you allow me to spend time with. Remember that question, right? Remember that important question. What's important to do in this holiday season that is actually doable? So don't set your expectations too high. That's number one. Number two is when you talk about having people gathered together in your home or your condo or your apartment or wherever you gather, try and make your home a place that is an easy place to land. Try to make your home a place that is easy to land, where people know that love lives in your house, where grace is bigger than anybody's disgrace, right? It's where the love of Jesus is on display. And that's what makes home an easy place to land. The love of Jesus is on display. The family can make it over whenever they can make it. And whenever they can make it, even if it's not exactly when you pictured it or you wanted it, whenever they make it over, make it a special time with them. Make it a pleasant, welcoming time without guilt, without alienating them, without family members feeling judged or condemned in any way, shape, or form. Make your home a place that is easy to land. That's number two. Another thing you can do is do not forget, and this is, I'll go back to the seven websites that I checked out right in the beginning for how to survive the holidays. Don't forget about your own self-care. You know, sometimes you're, you're so uh, busy taking care of everybody else that you're not taking care of yourself. It's very hard to, quote, walk in the Spirit full of God's love and joy and grace if you don't ever take time to be with God, if you don't take time to read His Word and ask for His Holy Spirit to help you love and forgive and show a lot of grace. 
Don't forget about your own self-care and yes, be sure to hydrate. <laughs> number four, and this is the last one about how to survive the holidays. Number, number four, and I think this is probably the most important one of all. We've, we've mentioned this before. Try and help someone else have a better Christmas this season. Try to, try to imitate your Savior when you do that. Jesus made sure we had a better Christmas because he left the glories of heaven so that we would be blessed. Let's imitate our Savior in that. Let's try to help somebody else have a better Christmas. Let's pass on the blessing that we've received from Jesus and pass that on to other people. Let's help a stressed out person to de-stress. Let's help a lonely person know that they are loved and they are not forgotten and not overlooked. And try and make inclusion your priority this Christmas rather than just trying to make an impression. In Galatians 6 and verse 10, it says this, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, how many times do you have an opportunity? Well, as long as it's called today, right? If the day ends in D-A-Y, this day is your opportunity. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the family of faith. Sometimes we forget in the Christmas season, thinking about the holidays and the decoration and the food and the invites and the parties and the preparation. Sometimes we go right past and, and we're full of stress and we're full of anxiety and pressure and we forget what should be the most obvious which is about the Christmas season, right? Do you remember what that Advent candle represents? Hope, right? The Advent candle represents hope as the first Sunday in Advent. And it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, right? That comes right out of Isaiah's prophecy 700 years before Christ. In Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. You know, that child, Jesus, that was born in Bethlehem a long time ago, he changed everything. Jesus is the hope of the world. God sent him to save each one of us. And Jesus changes everything. And because Jesus has changed everything for you, you can be full of his Holy Spirit and you can change everything around you. You can remember that Jesus is the light of the world and you can pass that on, that he is the real reason why we're, we are having this Christmas season at all. Jesus is the thrill of hope in which the weary world rejoices. Let's bow for a word of prayer. I'm going to ask the choir to uh, come up and get ready to sing. And let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, in this holiday season, uh, we want to not fall into the trap of, instead of being full of joy and peace and hope, sometimes we let circumstances creep in and we get filled full of anxiety and stress and even disappointment. Lord, help us to remember that you promised us that if we put our hope in you, that we would not be disappointed. Help us to remember that you are close to the brokenhearted. You are right there beside those who are crushed in spirit. 
And Lord, in the midst of the stress, Lord, we want that perfect peace. Lord, we claim that verse that says, you will keep in perfect peace whoever puts their trust in you. And so, Father, above all, in this holiday season, we thank you for the, the fun times we're going to have. We thank you for the celebration and the lights and the singing and the pageantry. We thank you for all that. But more than that, Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus, that we are never alone again because you say you're going to be with us always to the very end of the world. Thank you for this gathering of your people. Thank you for God's family in which we don't have to be lonely because you placed us into a family of faith. Lord, help us to keep our thoughts fixed on you during this holiday season. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that your coming means to a world that is still walking in darkness. Help us to point them to you, the light of the world, and the hope that we have. And God, during this holiday season, I pray that we'd get beyond ourselves. I pray that we'd be able to look around and to see others who look like they're lonely or stressed or anxious or crushed in spirit. Lord, help our antenna to be up and to see people like that and help us to come alongside them and, and communicate with them your love so that they could know the hope that you give and the salvation that you offer and the joy that you bring as we put our trust in you. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of the one who became Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.